0: everyone. Welcome to the My Nights Are Booked podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Pollack. And it is Monday. It's December 6th. And if you're a fan of The Walking Dead, you probably are buzzing with the latest big announcement about The Walking Dead universe. Um, it's, it was a huge night last night. We had the mid-season finale of Fear the Walking Dead. And we also had the series finale of Walking Dead World Beyond. And during the episode of Talking Dead we received a huge announcement. Now this announcement had been teased for the past week and I think everybody had their own theories about what this announcement might be. Um, we certainly had uh, some speculation on the last episode of the podcast where I had Jeffrey Kopp on to uh, discuss the, the series finale of World Beyond. And I think everybody kind of missed the mark. I mean, there was certainly the initial reaction that it would have something to do with Rick Grimes and that it would have something to do with The Walking Dead. And then Scott M. Gimple kind of put that rumor to sleep by saying it wasn't Rick-related, even though Andrew Lincoln was spotted in New York. So it was kind of this massive red herring, right? Like that nobody... Nobody knew what this announcement was, you know, maybe it was a spin-off, maybe it was uh, a new series. You know, there was certainly a lot of excitement around the the end credit scene in World Beyond that that reveals that there's a new variant of walkers out. Um you know, so a lot of people were were speculating about what this this announcement could be so when kim dickens showed up on on talking dead and announced that she was returning to fear the walking dead um I, I think it kind of blew the fandom away i mean this was something that people have really been hoping for over the past few years um the last time madison clark was seen on the show was back in season four and that's all the way back in 2018 when she was making a last stand at the ba- at the ballpark to save her family. And uh, she was surrounded by walkers. Now the important thing to note is that she was never confirmed to be dead. Like we assumed that she was dead and Kim Dickens was very sad to leave the show, but we never, there was never any definitive proof that, that Madison Clark was, was gone forever and, you know, there were certainly whispers of her, you know, when, when Althea was uh, was talking about her tapes and she had actually come across Madison at some point. Um, but this was earlier, you know, well before the ballpark thing. So, you know, there were, there was a lot to, a lot of reason to believe that maybe there was, uh, you know, that maybe there was something to this, but um yeah, I mean, it's it's so hard to say how this is all going to play out. But man, talk about exciting news. Now, one of the things that, that immediately jumped out across the fandom was why would AMC make this announcement before it even happened? There were a couple of fear-related announcements last night. One, the second half of the series is returning on April 17th. Two, the series has been renewed for season eight, which was kind of a given because we know that the series is moving uh, moving production to Atlanta, and that kind of makes sense that, that season eight was a given. But a lot of people wondered, why would you make this announcement now? Now, unfortunately, given how much attention is on these shows, there are people who will scout locations looking for things. Um all it would have taken was was for Kim Dickens to show up in Austin, and all of a sudden the surprise is gone because people would say, "Well, Kim is in in Austin, or Kim is in Al- in Atlanta, and she must be in." See, you know, she must be filming. So it was smart for them to control this by putting the news out themselves. There is precedent for that. This is exactly what happened when Lenny James was announced as the crossover. Character, um, you know, that, that Morgan was crossing over from The Walking Dead at the end of season eight to Fear the Walking Dead at the start of season four. The reason that they announced that was that it would be nearly impossible to film Lenny James in Austin without people taking notice. So, unfortunately, the, the spoiler game is so big that they have to announce these things. They just, the, the, the thing they're not going to do is they're not going to announce how. Kim Dickens is going to re reintegrate in the series. Is she part of flashbacks? Is she alive? Is she, you know, is, is Madison alive and well, and, and coming to rescue Alicia or stop strand? Like how, you know, we don't know how it's all coming about, but it was smart for them to tell us that she was coming in that way. You know, that way people can also get really excited about it because this is something that fans have wanted for a while. Um, there is one story, it's not my story to tell, so I'm not going to tell it, but there is a, there's a whole thing that happened. There's a reason, because the series, AMC was going to surprise fans with Austin Emilio's crossover to Fear the Walking Dead. That got spoiled in a big way, and it got spoiled by a member of the media. So I think, you know, to, to kind of wrap up that that sense of why they did it, it makes perfect sense, honestly. I, I they're not gonna tell us the details, but I, I don't think it hurts anybody at this point to, to let people know that she's coming back because it's just it would be too unmanageable to try to keep that a secret. And I think it's also a good sign because according to the Hollywood reporter, She's coming back as a series regular, which means she'll be in more than one episode, presumably, which means she'll be there for a period of time. So it's not like, you know, it's actually good news because it means that they need to just have the secret out so she can just move on with filming and not have to worry about keeping her presence a secret because there are so many people watching over this. And, you know, to that note, it's it's so hard. I think we've we've talked about this on the podcast. We've talked about how... You know, there are people who, who monitor, you know, where cast members are at any given time. I mean, Alicia Debnam Carey is a perfect example where, you know, okay. so many cast members can't identify, you know, they, they as soon as they post a picture of, you know, not being in Austin or not being, you know, if it's The Walking Dead, not being in, in Atlanta Fans automatically assume like, oh, the, you know, this character's dead. This character isn't, you know, that's why they were able to leave. And it just it has to do with the way the production schedules are set up. So, you know, they could have they have they could have already filmed part of season seven B, um, which I believe they have. But, you know, it just makes it it doesn't mean that they're filming in order. And 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 I think that's a a really important thing to note is that. Filming doesn't take place chronologically. Very rarely does it ever take place. You know where it's starting. You start at page one and you end at the last page. It's usually done in clusters. You know they can they can film multiple episodes at the same time if they have the same director or the same team, and that's done to not only make the schedules more manageable for the cast and for the crew, but it also is based on location because they have to rent locations. So instead of saving a location and paying for the location for you know, three weeks, if they only need to shoot for a week, then they're going to shoot all of the scenes at that location during that week. And it may be for like five episodes, but the fact is they're all filmed at that time. So, you know, there's a lot of, there are a lot of pieces to it. And so again, I think it makes perfect sense that they, they wanted to keep her return, you know, at the forefront. You know, and and, and this kind of leads to my next point, you know, a lot of fans are kind of celebrating because they've, you know, the fans have wanted Madison to come back ever since she left the show. What's interesting is that I think there's kind of a division in fans because a lot of the fans who were upset that Madison left came into the show. After the show had been running for a few seasons. And so they went back and watched seasons one through three and they were like, wow, this is, you know, Madison's so great. There are a lot of people, myself included, who were actually more, they they felt more intrigued by what's been happening lately with the series. And, you know, I, I find myself in this weird place because I actually like Madison. My favorite version of Madison was in season four. I think she was at her perfect place as a character while she was running the ballpark. And I was sad to see her go in that moment because it took four seasons to get to that version of Madison. And I know that's going to, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, Oh, you know, Sarah Beth doesn't like Madison. And, And it's not that I don't like Madison. And I certainly have so much respect for Kim Dickens. The problem that I had with Madison goes back all the way to the beginning of the series. Now, it's not like The Walking Dead where they had no basis to understand how to write characters in this universe. They already had The Walking Dead, so they knew how characters should work. When I heard initially that Fear the Walking Dead was going to be set on the West Coast in L.A., I was thrilled because I'm a San Diegan, I'm a Southern Californian. I know what it things are like here. I can't relate to what's going on in The Walking Dead from a location standpoint because I'm not from the South. I don't know I don't know anything about, you know, Atlanta or Alexandria or anything like that. I know what it's like here, so I was fascinated by this proposition. But what bugged me was that early Madison, season 1 Madison was getting all sorts of signs about what was going on around her. And she was just ignoring them completely. Unlike Rick, who woke up from a coma to find himself in the middle of the apocalypse, it was already going. Madison was trying to piece things together, and she didn't want to admit that there were weird things happening. She was always trying to find a solution, trying to find an answer. And so watching that journey, it it, it was a fascinating journey, because she had to worry about Nick you know nick was was in the middle of of you know his overdoses and he was getting you know he was looking for his next fix and so she had a lot on her plate so i'm not i'm not blaming madison for all of that she had a lot going on but you know just like alicia clark was a very different person in season 1 her evolution throughout the course of the series is why she is the way she is now And you absolutely needed to have all of the development in seasons four, five, and six to get Alicia to where she is right this moment, leading a war against her friend, her former friend, because that's the kind of thing, like it's, 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 it's a whole, you can't take pieces of it. You have to take the whole Alicia, you know, and and I don't want to get too far into Alicia's character because we can do that another time. But, you know, I always think back to Alicia giving her, giving the location of the Abigail to strangers who then raided the Abigail. You know, those were things, those were mistakes that were made because people were, it was too early on. And she was naive enough to think that it was okay to do that. Madison didn't really get her footing until season three. And I, I personally, I loved season three for, you know, I, I think that, that everything, you know, I, I think the ranch was fantastic. I think it was, it was a really chilling, harrowing look at, you know, kind of in a, in a pre-Trump era of like what life would be like if you were living with a bunch of doomsday preppers who don't want to let people into their settlement and, you know, have, you know, deep seated hatred towards people who don't look like them and, you it was a fascinating narrative. I, I think it was a brilliant story. The thing that bugged me about season three Madison was at the very end when she was, you know, she was telling her kids the story of how she actually killed her father. And I I thought, you know, this is such an interesting, it's an interesting thing because if she had been that version of herself from the beginning, you would think that there would have been signs about Madison at that point. And it wasn't until she made that revelation that things kind of started to make sense. But at the same time, they also, there were also a lot of holes in her character because if someone is capable of doing that, you would think that they would have made different decisions in seasons one and two, especially as things started to fall apart, you would think that she would have taken a much different route. So in my mind, season three, Madison was kind of a hail Mary to developing this character so by the time we arrive at season four she's really fleshed out she's learned so much and she's put together this incredible incredible encampment at a ballpark and she's built you know everything from the ground up and if it weren't for the weevils in the in the crops they would have been doing pretty well you know and then the vultures came and there were a bunch of different you know threats to the to the group but I think you know what Madison was doing at that point was 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 fascinating so the fact that she's coming back and she doesn't realize that her son is dead and Alicia has lost her arm now and Strand is a villain and there are all these new people that she doesn't know yet and you know certainly Morgan who has been in a very different situation I mean I think seeing Morgan and Madison Working together, you know, Morgan has a lot of respect for Alicia's memory of Madison and what, you know, Alicia was trying to do in keeping her mother's memory alive. So I think that they're going to make a really formidable pair. I think the trick is going to be how she gets reintroduced, because this is also a really pivotal moment for Alicia and her development, because she's been working towards becoming the next leader for the past several seasons. I think a lot of people forget that as she, you know, as she copes with the loss of her brother and mother that, you know, and she lost both of them back in season four, she wasn't in a place to, to do the things that she needed to do to be a leader. Just like Morgan was a very different person when Rick and Michonne encountered him in, you know, in, what season four of the Walking Dead when he was in the middle of this this manic episode because he had lost his son and and earlier on had lost his wife there's a a certain amount of grieving and and dealing with grief that that you need to have and you know and I certainly know that you know as we record this, we're about six days away from the first anniversary of losing my mom. And, you know, if you know me from the, what the undead walking podcast and you know me from, you know, from social media, you know, what that battle was like. And this past year has been hell. I can barely function some days. I'm I'm really good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm in a, an okay place, but I'm not going to lie and say everything is peachy. So for the people who are like, oh, you know, Alicia should have been able to take the reins and, and, you know, she shouldn't have been off painting and whatever. Let me tell you that when you're dealing with grief, there's not a lot you can control. And that's why I think that, you know, I I am going to continue to give credit to Ian Goldberg and Andrew Shambliss about, you know, their their approach to these characters and focusing on the mental health aspects, you know, that, that Alicia needed time to figure out how to deal with her grief and Grace has needed to process the loss of her unborn child. These are things that you can't just wave a magic wand and make go away. We're seeing it with John Dory Sr. We're seeing it with June still. We're seeing it, you know, June's dealing with the, the grief of, you know, losing John and even losing her daughter. I mean, like they're, these characters have been through so much. And I think that people tend to forget that, There is a certain amount of grief that has to happen. Even if you're in the middle of the apocalypse, you can't just turn that shit off. It doesn't work that way. So getting back to the point that I was making, you know, this is an interesting time for Alicia because she is coming into her own as a leader. So for her mom to show back up, you know, if if her mom shows up, in a leadership capacity, it's going to be interesting. If her mom shows up and says, you know what, we're going to take charge. We're going to, we're going to do this together. I could see that. I could see where Madison would say, you know what, you've built all of this. These are your people. Let's go. Madison could show up with a whole group of people of her own. And we don't know. That's what makes it so interesting. The thing that is, uh, you know, again, it's the interactions that she's going to have, you know, how is she going to deal with, you know, how is she going to interact with Alicia? How is she going to interact with Strand? Strand was her closest confidant through everything that she did. I mean, sitting back at the, at the resort, you know, tossing back drinks as they were fighting off walkers. I mean, Madison and Strand's relationship was on point, but she also knew the other side of him because he wasn't going to let them onto the Abigail in the beginning. And that took a lot of convincing. and, He was, you know, not in favor of a lot of things that they did early on, Um, not the least of which back at the ballpark, he was taking supplies and hiding them away because he had an exit strategy in case something happened. So she knows a different side of Strand that, uh, you know, I think everybody at this point kind of understands that Strand is Strand. And so Strand has different, um, you know, different ways of, of handling things on his own. But it's going to throw him for a loop when she when he realizes that Madison is back, if if she is in fact back and it's not some kind of a flashback. But I think the prospect of, you know, how that's all gonna play out is what's really intriguing to me. And I, I love the idea that all of these characters are gonna be able to interact. I hope she comes on. I hope she continues. I mean, honestly, I think what I love so much about this series, and I have been a steadfast reporter, supporter, not reporter, but reporter too, kind of, steadfast supporter of the show because I think it's doing something different. I love the fact that we don't know what the future holds. They're having a battle. The last time we had a battle of this magnitude, I mean, granted, the, the Whisperer War was big and, and that was a thing in The Walking Dead, but if you think back to The Walking Dead Season 7, they were having all-out war with Negan and the Saviors. So this was something that is, it, it's something that we've seen, but we've never seen it like this, where two friends, two former compatriots are fighting against each other. So then the big question becomes, where does Madison fit into all of this? And I think that's where it really becomes intriguing. And I love that of all the times that she's coming back, she's coming back now. It's a little bit more personal this time because it's people that she cares about on both sides. Um, You know, people are going to have to make decisions. I mean, we've got, we, we've got Daniel Salazar. We have Luciana Um, You know, they certainly have a very different history with Madison than, you know, than June. Um, You know, she doesn't know John Dory. Uh, She she doesn't know, you know, the Charlie that exists now. I mean, she's going to have to learn that Charlie is the one who killed Nick. How is that going to go down? There's so many different things that are going to be revealed with Madison's presence. Again, assuming that Madison is not a flashback and that she's, you know, a, a Contributing member of the current storyline, so you know. In, in that sense, that's where I really, really love everything about *Fear the Walking Dead* because you don't know what's going to happen. There's no canon. There's no rules. It's a completely different universe. And you know, the CRM has touched the area. the The current, you know, the the, the current situation. You know, being being destroyed. The landscape being destroyed by nuclear fallout. I mean, it it's just something you don't see. And the fact that it's time for a move. I mean, seriously, they've been, if you, if you look at the first three seasons or first, let's see, first season, they were in LA, then LA got firebombed. So they went out on the ocean on the Abigail, they ended up in Mexico. Mexico turned into, um, you know, this really interesting kind of battle for supremacy at the resort and then they ended up on the border and then from the border in season three, they ended up going to Texas in season four and they've been kind of floating around Texas and the Southwest for, you know, the past three seasons. And so now, you know, in, in the second half of season seven and maybe looking ahead to season eight, there could be a new location. And with every new location comes a new set of possibilities, risks, uh, benefits, dangers, it, it doesn't end. So having that, that kind of blank canvas to work with is really exciting. And it's something that makes the show all the more enjoyable to me. I think that what they're doing in terms of of playing the long game makes a lot of sense. You know, like I I know that there's the, the, other Side of the spectrum, or the argument, I guess you could say, is that you know that it's spending too much time building these big stories, and that the anthology format doesn't work. And you know, I can see it both ways. I'm, I'm actually a fan of the anthology format. I think what they've been doing the past season and a half has worked really well, because instead of getting kind of half cocked stories that don't really get to be fleshed out, you get to see complete stories. You know, that the story of of John Dory Sr. and June in the bunker. Like that was just such a a great complete story that that was told and Sarah's story playing out in, you know, over the course of this episode. I mean, it was just, it's really a great way to tell stories and and offer the, the spotlight to characters as opposed to trying to drive multiple stories across, you know, a whole canvas of characters and the one thing that's kind of a common thread with the Walking Dead universe is that, you know, these casts can get really big and you don't want to lose the ability to focus on individual characters. And that's what I love about this format. And then, you know, obviously you have the kind of common recurring story that is the overarching story for the season, namely Victor Strand's tower and and how that's all going down. But, you know, I, I think that what they're doing is so inventive and creative. And I think that's what makes me want to see what happens next. I'm so invested in these characters and these stories that I really want to know. I want to know what happens. And I think the addition of Madison Clark is just going to make it even more interesting. So I think Madison's return is fantastic. I think that it was a very smart move to reveal the information now I think that uh only time will tell. My theory is that she was always gonna come back. I think th- I, I've thought that for a long time. I, I don't think that it made sense that character that the showrunners would have revealed a character's return in advance. So, you know, looking back to looking back to season four when Madison died, um, you know, I know that there were a lot of people, you know, Kim Dickens herself, like, you know, I I didn't want to leave the show. But what would you have had her say back in season four? Oh, yeah, my character's being written out because I'm going to be coming back in a few seasons, you know, and and there's going to be this big surprise. No, you can't do that. Just like Mark Hamill was doing a full press, you know, press tour for The Force Awakens, and he was in that movie for like 15 seconds. That's the way these things work. So of course, nobody was going to say Madison would be back because then the whole focus would be, you know, bring her back now, bring her back now, bring her back now. This way, it offers a lot more creativity when it comes to bringing her back because no one was expecting her to come back this way. And I know a lot of fans are kind of celebrating this as, you know, that they brought her back and I'm sure that, you know, fan input was important, but I'm I'm kind of of the opinion that Madison was always going to come back and I've said that before. So this isn't something new. I I think that this was part of the plan and that, you know, you just can't, the showrunners aren't just going to say like, Oh, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is exactly how we're going to tell the story. And you just have to tune in. That's not how storytelling works. And there's usually twists and turns and, you know, diversions and things that, that, That make the stories interesting. So when you do get to the end of it, you're like, wow, that was an incredible journey. That's again, this is one of the things I love about the show is that you don't know what the plan is. I like thinking of of the, the main show. I like The Walking Dead when they deviate from the comic books, because then you don't know what's happening that's what makes world beyond so fascinating because there was no roadmap for that. And it was able to kind of create a universe to play in and, and same with fear the walking dead. So I'm really excited. I I, I'm, there's a lot to be excited about right now. And um, yeah, I, I I think that the, the whole reveal was, was awesome. And I, I think it was great that they were able to kind of utilize world beyond to, keep people from focusing too much. I mean, it was certainly fun having Andrew Lincoln in New York. So people were really being thrown for a loop thinking that maybe he was coming back or he was part of the announcement. And, and then, you know, there was Kim Dickens sitting there, you know, just so ready to reveal this news. So well done to the fear the walking dead cast and crew and, uh, welcome back Kim Dickens. And I'm excited. I'm so excited to see what happens. And, uh, it's going to be quite the wait until April 17th when Fear the Walking Dead returns. So that is the end of today's podcast. And uh, if you have anything you want to follow up with, you know, hit me up on Twitter at Sarah Beth Pollack. and be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast so I can keep bringing them to you. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And I will talk to all of you soon. Take care.